Today we're going to conclude our reflection on uh, the Christmas story. And basically, we've been looking at four key uh, characters in the entire story. So for the last three weeks, we've talked about, we, we talked about, we started talking about Mary, Mary as the first character, and, and what can we learn from, from Mary. Mary was, uh, she was, uh, she was, uh, she was a servant of God, so we can learn from Mary that we need to surrender to God through prayer. So we learn that prayer can help us uh, experience God's favor, God's grace, and through prayer, we surrender to God. We learn how to surrender to God. Because Mary, remember, at the end of the story, uh, based in, uh, on Luke, she, she would say that, let, let it be so, according to your word. Let it be done, according to your word, on me as God's servant. And then, uh, then, we, then the following Sunday, we talked about Joseph. What can we learn from Joseph? Joseph was a guy who's going to choose to be present, to be present in the life of Mary, to walk and journey with Mary, to, to be there for the child, Jesus Christ. So we learn the gift of presence through Joseph. And last week we talked about the shepherds. What can we learn from the shepherds? These are people who were awake when everybody else was sleeping in that silent night. So being awake made them receptive of God's good news because they were ready. And so they received God's word and they didn't just stay there and celebrate by themselves, but they had decided to go and see the sign. And the sign was that there would be a baby wrapped in a manger. This is the baby, baby Jesus Christ. So they go there and see the baby. They see Joseph and Mary, and they praise God. And again, they didn't stay there at the manger, but they're going to leave to go and tell people about the story. So we learn from the shepherds, the third character in the story, that God has called us to be witnesses. We, 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 we have witnessed something, and God wants us to tell the story, to share the story. Today we're going to look at the Magi, the Magi as the fourth key character in the story of Jesus Christ. Let's, uh, let's bow our heads and pray for a moment, shall we? Heavenly Father, we, we know that you're here and we ask you to speak to revive us today. We ask you to speak and, and transform our minds. Speak, O oh God, to renew all of us and give us healing in every aspect of who we are. This is our prayer and we ask in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, when you think about the Magi, this is a story that you may probably have heard many times, you know, many years. For most of us here, except our children, around this time of the year, we hear the story of the Magi. 
And then when you read the four Gospels, you don't really come across a lot uh, to give us really good insights of who these people were. You know, when, when you compare Luke and the Gospel according to Luke and the Gospel according to Matthew, Luke goes into details about things uh, pertaining the childhood of Jesus Christ. Matthew goes so fast when he's talking about Jesus, Jesus' birth and, and, and his life. There's a rush here. And that's why when you read Matthew uh, chapter 2, our scripture today, you know, he, he doesn't really say much about these magi. Here's what he says. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of, Ju of Judah, of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east. This is the only thing he says where these guys have come from. This is so broad, don't you think? Coming from the east. It can be anywhere in the east. So it's not specific here. But this is the English standard version using the word wise man, the phrase wise man. But if, when you read other Bible versions, you may hear the word magi. And magi, this is in plural. It, it's a plural word of the word magus, magus, M-A-G-U-S. This is not a new word. It's, it, it's something, it's a word that you come across when you read even the book of, Dan of Daniel, prophet Daniel. And remember the story of Daniel. Daniel was a young man, uh, and when he was very young, uh, the Babylonians, they, they came and conquered uh, Jerusalem, and uh, pretty much the, the southern uh, kingdom. So they conquered every, uh, I mean, the entire area around, uh, I don't remember when, but so after conquering this area, they're going to take young people, especially men. And they wanted to train these people to become a part of the council of the king. So Daniel and his three friends, they're going to be a part of that group. And so Daniel would eventually become one of the magi. And the Magi were people that had so much power. Because I'm trying to give you some kind of like historical background here to understand why Matthew decided to mention these people. So they had power. This council of people, they had power because sometimes they were the ones to say, you're going to be the next king. Or to say to another, saying, you're, I mean, it's over. We're going to elect or choose somebody else to lead. So do you see the power they had? Like deciding who can be our president whenever they wanted? That's the kind of power they had, the Magi. And also they had skills. Like they would look at the sky and, and observe the, the stars, then at the end of the day they can tell you that, hey, in 10 years, 
This is what's going to happen. So people in the Middle East, in the area covering the actual Iran, Iraq, Georgia, part of India, and even China, as well as some of the northern part of Africa. So it was a, a big area, but mostly civilized and, uh, and, and pretty much under the Persian Empire. So they believed in these people that they had, these people had skills, they had gifts to even foretell and predict the future. So they had that royal power. So now when you go to, the, to Matthew chapter 2 here, looking at verse 3, and the Bible says that when the king in Jerusalem heard of these people, he was disturbed. And Matthew doesn't stop there. He goes on to say, all of Jerusalem, they were disturbed. What does that mean? What it means is, it's not just three people on camels coming into Lake Park. No, Jerusalem. It was like an army. Powerful people, a people leaving that country and coming to Jerusalem looking for a child. And the Bible says that they didn't just come to present the gift. You know, when, when they meet Herod the king, they say, We have come to worship the child. They have come to worship Jesus Christ. Amen. These are very powerful people with a big group of people with them. So sometimes when you hear the Magi being referred to as the three kings, it's because of the three gifts. All right? It was more than just three people, more than just three ordinary people. They had power to see things that humans could not see. They had power to say you are the next king. And God has revealed them that the king of kings is born. So now they come to Jerusalem and after talking to the king, they're going to go to this house. And this is the house where they're going to find Jesus Christ as a child. So they walk in to worship the child. They walk in to worship the child. And here's what we need to learn from these people. So if we look at them, at their story, the Magi, they have left everything to come and worship the child. And Christmas is all about worship. I know this church has has, has a lot of history in your life and family. I know there are a lot of people here uh, that are connected with you, and that could be a good reason why you're here. Christmas is a reminder, though, that worship is more than just being here, because this is your church family. The Magi, they have decided to leave everything 
to come to wherever Jesus was. Not only to give gifts, but to worship. You may be giving gifts, but you are not really worshiping Jesus Christ. What we learn from the Magi is that worship is much bigger than just what we give. It's bigger than what we do. They learned to, and they chose to read the signs, not only just reading the signs. And let me just point out this thing here. Christmas is a sign. It is a sign that reminds us that the King of Kings is alive. The King of Kings, it's Jesus Christ. And we are always, we are here every Sunday, every Sunday, off season or in season, we are here to worship the King of Kings because we, we have read the sign. And, and these major, they paid attention to the sign because, you know, the sign isn't just, just about to be read and that's it, but it's you read it and you pay attention. And they followed the sign to get to this place so that they can worship. You know, when, when you contrast the Magi to the shepherds, the shepherds were, were poor. But still God revealed himself to, to them, revealed the good news to them. And when you look at the Magi, they were one of some of the most powerful people then. And God gives them also the good news. What does that mean? No matter where you belong, God reveals the good news to every humankind. And that's God's grace. It's there for all of us. It's there for all of us, inviting all of us to come to this place where Jesus is. And I like what Jesus said to the disciples and which is saying the same to all of us. That every time two or three or even more of you, when you agree and get to get together in my name, I'll be there. The child is here. Jesus Christ is here. So what are you going to do? Are you just going to give? Or are you going to worship the child? 